just reminded, we realized this week that a lot of, lot of people may not know that we are doing what we're doing to support our Bible reading uh, program. And it's basically on our website, if you go to our website, I'm going to just, you, there's on the top, you can get connected to the secret place. It's right under the subscribe. And um, then right at the beginning of the very top of this, like this living life in Christ, that's, that was last week's blog. I write them on Monday, they go out on Tuesday morning. If you read more, you, it, it, and you scroll down, you can go and then connect it like we started. That's all you have to do to subscribe to this. You just, your name, last name, uh, and then your email. It's just so that we can get it to you. On Tuesday, you get a, a blog about what, I, what I'm saying, what the Lord's saying about 300 words and the, the direction of the week. And then on Sunday, we get to, uh, we started this Bible overview, which is um, because we're reading through the entire Old Testament and the New Testament, you can click here, and that's what would have come into your inbox. And this is what if you would. This is last week's. You would have gotten one already Sunday morning at 6 a.m. And it's overview. There's a ch the chapters we will read, and a little blip bit about the, what we're going to read. Because for some, this is your first time through the Old Testament, and uh, trying to take the time. It's an honor for me to do it to get as much substance in everybody so that you kind of have an idea where you're going to and what you can expect. Uh, you can also click down uh, the Bible reading schedule. I PDF it. it it's you, you on the website, Bible reading February, you click there. It takes you to um, uh, overview and what we're going to been doing in February, but then it goes down. What I look for is this little download PDF. You can download it on any of your smartphones. You can save it. And then that way, wherever you are, you can just click it and read it. And that was the second reason I decided we, I really need to share this, is to do what we're doing, which is to read through the entire Old Testament in one year and the New Testament three times. We are, um, we are taking uh, five, uh, three components of what is we commonly refer to as the Old te uh, Testament, the the Torah and the history books, and then this, the poetry books, we referred to them before, which is we just finished Job all the way, then through um, Ecclesia, uh, Song of Solomon, and then the, the history books, which take us uh, through, not history books, but the prophets. So they don't, they don't, they don't happen uh, in order. In other words, the Torah and the history are a lot more than the poetry, the Psalms, and so so what we've done is we started to change some of the order. So if you're just following us like we started, you may be not with us because uh, what will happen is that we have to keep giving more time to the uh, history books so that we can keep up and so we can finish all of that in December. So that's why I like P I dropped the PDF. It's I've never ceased to amazed. I'm always amazed that when I open up and read the scripture, it's always for me that day. And I shouldn't be surprised because it's the living word of God. And, it's, and it has the ability of life it's, and truth and freedom. But if you're not, I wanted you to grab that. It's the same subscription. I think right now all we say is subscribe to the secret place because we didn't. Uh, now, if you're in that subscription, you're getting this email at um, 
on Sundays at 6 a.m. so you can have uh, a support for the read. I'm really grateful for that because I believe what we're being given is a foundation for right now for what's coming because what's coming is never something that's, it's, it's something substantial like we're seeing. It's humility, it's, it's submission to Christ. For instance, Isaiah is such a prophetic book that we're in the middle of and it's, it's very powerful. And you'll start to notice the pattern of God saying, I'm your God, I will always be your God, I've always taken care of you, but you like to make idols, and it's silly that you do. It's stupid, in fact. You take one piece of wood and cut it in half, and one of, with one half you cook your food and warm yourself, the other half you, you, put, you put it into an idol and you put it down, fasten it on a foundation, and you bow to it and say, you're my God. But this is a very strong theme with God. He does not like idolatry. To God, idolatry is adultery because it's a marriage covenant that we're in with him. And whenever we give our heart to another God, however that is, as simple as it is, as seemingly benign as it is, it separates us from our salvation. When we get into Jeremiah, I, I, we are going to, I believe, hear a storyline of United States of America and the opportunity that's of affording it, always afforded to come back into the uh, relationship that God gave us inside covenant, uh, yet without disregarding um, that there is no other source but, but God's provision of Jesus Christ, and there is no other God to worship than God, and if we return in our hearts and turn from the work of our hands, which is basically all idolatry is the work of our hands. It's things we build to save ourselves. It's things we erect to say they will take care of us. And however they are, however good they are, when they take our heart away and God isn't our sole source of, of dependence, then there's a level of idolatry. Uh, Saul was a king who was to be a great king, but he, 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 was, he was caught up in humanity, not just in the heart of God. And there came a time when he disobeyed God's uh, last commandment to uh, do vengeance. And he, uh, Samuel makes this famous statement, which I think all of us can benefit from. He said, witchcraft, he says, rebellion is a sin of witchcraft. Meaning when I say, I want my way, and I don't care what you want, I'm going to have my way. That's a work of the flesh. And that is a work of the, witchcraft is a work of the flesh in Galatians chapter 5. We just, you know, read through today. And then also, when he, he goes on, and he says, and stubbornness and iniquity is as idolatry. Stubbornness is the, you, you can, oh, I can always tell when I'm in an idle posture, I'm very stubborn, very headstrong in my opinion. Or I am um, iniquity, I think I've shared this so many times, I hope you know what I will say. Iniquity is I will, I will do it my way. I did it my way, I want it my way. I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. I will began in, in Lucifer when he, became impatient with his role of, 
of blessing the Lord in, in worship and thought he could be as equal to God and began to, I will ascend, I will become, I will. And when he did that, he was thrown to the earth, but he, iniquity had been conceived. That was iniquity. That's why in Psalm, Isaiah 53, when uh, the prophecy of the suffering, Messiah, the suffering servant who would become the glorious Messiah, Jesus is given. It says, all we, like sheep, have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. I will. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So when we think of why are we in conflict with God or why is God in conflict with us, though we have accepted his son and we love him, but we have continued on ways of which we insist that I have an opinion, I have a right, I want to think my thoughts, I want to do it my way, instead of that returning more and more to the Lord and saying, God, I really don't have an opinion and don't have, I'm not right and I don't want my way, I want your way. And that journey of Jesus that we see modeled so perfectly because when he begins his ministry at, in Samaria with the woman at the well and his disciples are baffled at what he's doing by eating and talking, eating lunch, or eating and talk, you know, talking to a woman at a well who was a Samaritan. He said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. And he practiced that to the very last prayer he prayed of, of, of submission to God the Father when he said, Father, if there's any way that this cup can pass from me, let it, but nevertheless not my will be done. And he prayed that prayer for three hours until his soul could return and fully submit and say, I will now submit myself to you, Father, as you make my soul an offering for sin. Now, that was substitutional for all of us, and we are so grateful for all of that because without him doing that, none of us, no matter how intentional we were or perfect or generous or passionate about pursuing him, we, will all, we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And there's none that do good, and there's none that is, seeks the Lord, according to the Bible. So the beautiful thing, I believe, in the largeness of the scriptures right now is it's, it, it's taking us out of, taking me out of pet doctrines and uh, focuses that I like and avoiding those that I don't. Now I'm reading everything, and I'm getting more convicted by the things I wasn't reading than the things that I've read and know so well. And yet I'm gaining new strength and new blessing and all of that. I believe this is all flowing with the prophecy of the branch, which is the, is, is the prophetic imagery of the resurrected, glorified Messiah, Jesus. When he sat down at the right hand of Father, when he had, by his blood, atoned for the, the heavenly tabernacle and made accessibility for humanity through him before God, he uh, was crowned with glory. He was given the Holy Spirit as the promise which he poured out on Pentecost. And this glorious branch, which is called king and priest, in uh, Isaiah 4, there's a, prophet, there's a prophecy. In uh, Zechariah 3, there's a prophecy. And in Zechariah 6, the prophecy. And it all speaks to the, to the, to the Lord in his present ministry, which... Often we, we're learning a lot about it. We're learning him as our high priest. We're learning him as a king. And that's why we're learning to be kings and priests. And we're following in his footsteps on the earth. 
we're following in the same way he overcame the enemy, so are we learning to overcome in humility, but in, in the written word of God and walking with uh, submission. So what I'm looking forward to doing right now for the next few minutes, if the Lord permits, I have great hope for it, is that uh, two scriptures I'd like to read. Uh, one is in Isaiah, First uh, John 5, and verse 11, 11 and 12. And then I want to take us into a journey of uh, prayer that I believe is accessible to every living member of the body of Jesus Christ and is indeed going to be happening in a, in a worldwide way of act, awakening and of activation. So in, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 11, I'm sure a very familiar scripture, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. I'll wait for it to catch up. John, 1 John 5, 11. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. There is no life outside of the son. There is no life by having believed in the son but not living in the son. There is no life outside of the Son. He who has the Son has life. This is the word Zoe. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. So the provision that God provided in his Son is the place of life, the place of eternal life. Uh, first, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Very familiar scripture, probably. If you've memorized any, you probably have memorized this scripture. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Um, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. So I memorized it in old King Jameson. Uh, so I have it, if any man, but if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things have become new in Christ. Salvation is in Christ. Healing is in Christ. Forgiveness is in Christ. Love is in Christ. Joy is in Christ. Hope is in Christ. Marriage is in Christ. Children are in Christ. Circumstances are in Christ. Everything. What I have learned over the last 13 years, which is such a personal blessing, I would never have asked to gain, to access it through the path God pressed me through to find him. But had I not had the path, I would not have pressed through and I would not have been found in him. So I'm very grateful. And in Christ, what a beautiful place. If we only knew what it cost the Father and cost God the Son, to become the son of man and to submit himself wholly to the father's will as the last Adam and then become the sacrifice of our sin and become sin and the wrath of God placed on him and his judgment and the curse of the law and, and to be thrown into the abyss to be, suffer spiritual death. We think of the physical death Jesus suffered, but that was nothing compared to the spiritual death 
as he, as Adam had, now he was being not just placed into the abyss, but he was, as he, the curse, the sicknesses and diseases of us were put upon him. Uh, the chastisement for our peace was placed upon him. And he made his soul an offering for sin. And it pleased God to do this. And then he saw the travail of his soul and he was satisfied. And then it says that he justified many because he poured out his soul unto death. This Jesus, as a man, as a soul submitted to the Father, a spirit pure, and had not sinned, so he had a far advantage as any of us have, but nevertheless submitted himself to the Father to have this work done on him, so that when the Father said, you are my son, today I have begotten you, the Bible clearly, the entire New Testament, all the epistles are not talking about the earth walk of Jesus. They're talking about the resurrected truth of the Messiah to whom now we live in. So when he was made alive, we were made alive together. When he died, we died with him together. When he was buried, we are buried together with him in baptism. The, the together imagery is so inseparable. It's joint union. Everything that God did to the Son now was accomplished for us in the Son. It was with the Son. When he was made alive, we were made to live together with him. When he was raised from the dead, we were raised together with him. When he was seated at the right hand of God the Father, we were seated together with him. So, so the, the truth of the New Testament, which is Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but through me, is that everything now is in Christ and available for us in Christ. We can drift away. We can live apart from this abiding truth. We can have uh, ideas and practices and culture but there is so much available in Christ that I am just touching, touching the depths, not even the depths, I would say the surface of. And that's where I'd like to begin to take us today. I believe that the branch that is glorious and will be seen and sprout out all over the earth in the last days is according to the, to the, the mystery of his will. Ephesians 1 says that having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself that in the dispensation of the fullness of times God might gather into one all things into one in Christ both in heaven and on earth. We are, in a, we are being pulled as it were by the will of God by the spirit of God and the truth of what God set in motion before time began into the oneness in Christ. We will all be one, one body. And the beautiful thing about the one body is that we are not being assimilated. See, the devil's an assimilator. He's a consumer. He devours. He, he chews your life apart, spits you out, and you don't even know who you are ever were. But God is not an assimilator. He's a father, and he's an adopter and bringing sons to glory. A unique identity of every son inside the son. Every child, every son accepted in the beloved. No beloved, you're not accepted. No Christ, no love. Even the inseparable love that we are, 
we carry as our, like, yes, thank you, is in Christ. I, I'm, I'm, except, I, it's just all there. So he is this glorious father. And we were all known before time began. And there's coming now, because after he says that, all things in one, in heaven and earth, it says, in him also, in him also, in him also, we have obtained an inheritance. Inheritance was given in our predestination in Christ when he knew us before time began. Being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. We don't choose our inheritance and we don't earn our inheritance and we don't get to pick our inheritance. It was chosen for us by, the, by him, our father, because he was bringing many sons to glory through his son that he made perfect through suffering. And it says he... This, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. When inheritance begins to be understood, we begin to know that my place is secure. I have, I'm not in con conflict with anyone to try to get and protect anything because I, have, I am in a place in God, in Christ, and I have an inheritance that's incorruptible, undefiled. It begins to bring trust, which brings praise to the glory of God. And what I will say, what I believe we will see, and I want to now then let this happen. Inside of us is the, DN, is, the, is the design of God. And it responds as the Spirit of God and the truth of God begin to have access to the people of God. And each living member has no limitation to how far you can go except as far as your inheritance will allow you. No, no, no uh, living member of the body has limitation to any of the blessings of God because they're all in Christ and they're not subjective. They're not, they're not, they're not even kept, they're, they're available. They're super available. So what's going to happen is we're going to get so full of love in the Son and for one another and so accepted and so resourcing. We used to say, one day we'll, the unity of the spirit will be that we grow up into him who is the head and from the head, the source of all life, then all the things will flow from us to one another and the body will grow up in love. And that's exactly so, it's happening. It may not feel like it because we, we, we don't know how to do it. So let me just share, and I, I, that's all to be said. You're in Christ. How many are in Christ? Can I just ask you? You know you're in Christ. Okay, this is not, this is a beautiful, beautiful thing. It costs God everything for us to dwell, to be given this intimate place of union. And it's union. It's communion. So in Christ, if, now, now let me just, here's a point. If, if, if I'm in, if you're in Christ, are your circumstances in Christ? Yeah, of course, they have to be. Everything of me is in Christ. Uh, years ago when I was in Africa, and I was waiting on the Lord, and the Lord gave me this little phrase, because I'm learning to try to live this place. He said, I said, I bring all of me into all of you, and I worship. For so many years, I would think of the truths of Jesus as applicable truths that if somehow I got a way to make them function, they might affect the things that I'm going through. And so they were kind of like a disconnect. 
First, I was trying to change things, which is a really frustrating practice of prayer. Instead of letting prayer transform me into his likeness. But, but at the same time, I, I didn't realize every, all of me is in him. I return every morning into rest. I return every morning into Christ. I make it a point. In John chapter 10, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. He says, I'm the door of the sheep. And he who finds me will come in and out and find pasture. I believe there is an unlimited resource of life in Christ. Eternal life. The reason he is now Melchizedek, the high priest, is because of the power of an endless, perpetual life. That life we have in the Son. So, what we're going to do is, since we are in Christ, we're going to take a few moments and begin to appropriate, better yet, receive what we need in Christ. When I worship, I have found in my prayer and is that I am not here to tell God what I need or what I think he ought to do. I'm here to tell him what he says and accept what he has accomplished once and for all in the Son. I don't know how many times I've accused God that he wasn't there. Where were you? I mean, I've lived Job. If, it, I wrote, if you wrote my book of Job, it'd probably be 442 pages just because you know, I'm a slow learner. But in Jesus, everything is provided. There's not a thing I need that is not already provided for me in Christ. If I'm going through something to which I want to get out of and I don't get out of, it's because God has a purpose for me to be going through it. So I don't fight him anymore. Although I do all the time. <laughs> yeah, it just depends. On, but, but think, consider this. And this has just given me so much, uh, so much blessing. And I believe it's, we're close to this moment where it starts to happen for all of us. And then the dynamic of the inheritance coming into one, the summation of things. Is that I'll, I'll just start us. And if you'll join my, your heart with me. I'll be explaining what I'm doing because I'm inviting you into my, my approach and my fellowship with the Lord, which I believe is so scriptural, but it's not very traditional, but it's super biblical. First off, I come to God the Father through Jesus Christ. I have no access any other way but through the glorious. His blood makes me bold. His veil makes a way, and he, my high priest over me, allows me to boldly come into the throne room of grace. There's images of pictures that help me. Jesus said in Hebrew, or Paul, whoever wrote Hebrews in 7 says that uh, since he is a, abides as a high priest, he's, he's able to save us to the uttermost, those of us who come to God through him. We, we come to God through him. No Jesus, no access. If you're not present, if you're not conscious that I'm here in Christ because of Christ and with Christ, I don't have any, I don't want to even meet God. Honestly. He has no, uh, but, but what now I am. He, he appears, John, Hebrews chapter uh, 9 says he's appearing in the face of God for us. 
current appearance of Christ, not the first appearance that was historical to redeem it, demolish sin, or the second appearance that's coming in regard to salvation. He is now presently appearing uh, in the face of God, which is for us. Most of the time in the New Testament, when you read the word for, it's over. So I'm aware that I am coming to you, Father, this morning, this day, through Jesus Christ. I'm fully access, have access. Christ is saving me in my conversation with you because of his intercession for me or over me. I'm aware that I'm way above my pay grade to be standing in the Holy of Holies, in the glorious beauty of holiness. But I am here in Christ and I'm not afraid because I'm accepted inside the beloved. And, and he is, in fact, appearing before you for me, over me. And you see Jesus when you see me. You don't see me. You see Jesus. You see the, the Messiah, the high priest, who stands over me. And so now, there's one I can receive with Jesus. The benefits of the blessings are that we receive them with Christ. There's one place in the scripture, I'm yet to find it, you'll not find it. It's poor, it, you will not find any place that we stand on Jesus. He's too far too perfect. We'll never be above him. We can never, you know, on Christ the solid rock, I stand. I don't sing that anymore. I said, in Christ the solid rock, I stand. I don't stand on Jesus. He's far too perfect for that. He's above me. I come through him. And he, I receive with him, but I don't stand on him. It's not, this is not like a belief system. This is a person who by nature of submission to the Father and Father being able to eradicate sin from the earth, conquered the, he who had power of death, has now created a relationship with his son, the resurrected, glorified son of man, Jesus, the son of God, that inside the son, we have relationship with God the father, but not in, outside of the son. So Christianity, when it's all cultural, it's like, well, you know, it's the way people are treating each other. It's the way things are going. It's, it's, and, and it, all of that is affected, but it, it won't fix until we submit. And so I come and I say, well, father, I just want to submit to you. I'm in Christ. What a gift. And in Christ, I'm healed. What a gift. In Christ, I'm saved. What a gift. In Christ, I'm righteous. What a gift. In Christ, I'm not afraid. In Christ, I'm loved. And I'm speaking truth. I'm declaring God's word. This is what a confession of hope is in the Bible. God's not interested in my confession of hope. God's not interested in anything other than his own word. How could he agree with anything but himself? But when I start doing this, and it's, I've been doing this for 13 years, I find that at first it, it, it's like anything. The first time you come up, decide something's true and you apply it, it most likely, you, no one's going to even notice it. 
let alone your adversaries, the lies that are dwelling in your soul, the feeling of rejection that you occurred during your womb or your mother's frustration or the divorce that went through or the betrayal that happened at someone you trusted or, or just a bankruptcy that just left you like, like so shaken that you don't think you could ever put your hand to the plow again and endeavor. It's those traumas and dramas and they're all in that. And you come and you say, I am so loved in the beloved. It's like, A, it's, it's going to take a little while. Yep, you see, this is the renewing of the mind. It's the submitting of the mind to the truth of God's word. It's not telling God's word to prove itself. It's telling me to submit to the truth of God's word. But after a while, this is what I found at first. This was the first phenomenon that helped me more than anything, and it still holds me today. It, really, it just really is the, is the greatest gift. That when I say God's word before God, be through the Son, and attribute everything to the Son, but attribute the, except the entire word is truth, that God the Father, God the Son, or as, as John puts it, God the Father, the Word, and the Spirit, who are one, they celebrate. They come into like, oh, man, that's good. That's who we are. That's who you are in us. That's what I'm going to do with you in us. And, and so, though the circumstances don't change, and they don't right away. I wouldn't, I, you know, sometimes they, they, they maybe they will in a, as God rapidly responds. I don't know. But, but the first thing you find is that you change. And you don't change like, I don't know what it's like. It's like, oh, I'm being fed. I'm, I'm satisfied. I'm feeling delight. I'm accepted, and I know where I am accepted in. And it centers us. It centered me. It's, and in the book of Hebrews, we're taught that the only thing that God wants from us is a confession of hope and to be held fast. Evidently, that is the war over our lives, is our hope in him. And when the hope in him is alive, there's nothing for God to change the earth. He already took iniquity away in one day. He can do it again in another day. It's done forever. It's nothing for God to move and save by few or by many or to save a few or to save a many. It's nothing for him to go beyond that. It's the, it's the heart. It's, it's the heart. It's my heart. And when my heart rests and believes and mixes faith with his word, I enter into his rest. I may not see the change in what I'm declaring like you are my health. In Christ is all my health. In Christ is all my wealth. In Christ is all my joy. In Christ is all my life. In Christ is my life. But the next thing is that I begin to accept these truths and receive them. Even let them touch my emotions. You see, our soul is being saved like our spirit has been saved and like our body will be saved. We're in a process of recovery. My spirit was immediately born again upon the, my belief, acceptance of Jesus Christ. 
When I said yes, he said, you are. And I'm one with spirit with Jesus. We're one spirit with Jesus. That's why we are so inseparable from this glorious salvation. But my soul was still functional from where it was, which is inside my body and my blood. And I start returning my soul to rest. I watch people go through things that, yeah, would, uh, that a stronger person than them would have collapsed. I watch people face disappointments that, that no one should have to ever face in their life. But somehow in the disappointment, they found Christ's sufficiency. And they just started to, instead of crumble under the pressure, begin to blossom. I've watched... I've watched people go through rejection that no one should ever have to experience. And instead of life wilting, they found love within and love from him. And they became full of love and life and expectancy. It was like, I, I didn't, I, I don't, I know why it is. It's because of Christ. This is the testimony God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. It's inaccessible. It's, there's nothing, any, every place of life is met in Christ. Every answer to prayer is in, met in Christ. The Holy Spirit was given so that everything God the Father gave to Christ would now be given to us and made known to us. So let, let's take the next five, ten minutes, and, and I'll, you know, I just introduce this into a journey of, Every day. It changed my, I don't, I don't pray, I, I'm really, probably don't pray like anybody prays anymore. I just, I just come and I thank the Father. Father, thank you so much. I'll never know how much it costs, but I'm so grateful that you gave your son and willingly did so. And now coming through the veil of the flesh and by the boldness of your blood, I stand here accepting the fact that I am accepted in the beloved and you are I'm received, and I'm welcoming, and thank you. Father, I'm in Christ, and that's how our relationship is. Forever it'll be. I don't want an upgrade. That's the best upgrade there'll ever be. I am in Christ. And Christ is my salvation, and I'm fully saved. Now think about this. I'll use this. I'm, I have the same life you have. It's overwhelming. It's more than I can handle. It's more than I want to handle. But I come to the Lord and I begin to claim him for what I need him to be. So let's just talk about salvation. Salvation is not just being saved and going to heaven. Salvation is God's helping us in all manner of liberty and freedom and delight. And so this, where do you need to be saved today? Let's ask Jesus Christ. Let's acknowledge that in Christ that salvation is there and I'm in Christ and I receive that salvation. Maybe it has to do with business, work. Maybe it's family members. Lord, I just received your salvation in Christ. In Christ, you are my salvation in this situation. In Christ, you are salvation in this situation. Your joy, your peace. I submit this back to you. I release it from my own control. I accept that you are Lord over this and you are King and you are Majesty. And I receive you coming and dwelling strongly right here in this place. It's yours. It's yours. You can start to feel after a time, you'll start to feel that things, portions of your life are returning to the Lord. It's the summation. Everything's turning into him.
How about healing? Oh, everybody needs healing. In Christ, he bore my sickness. He's carried him away. He was called out of the abyss. He was made resurrected by the same Holy Spirit. He's dwelling in me. So I just received salvation. Think about what part of your body you could really use a healing in. And let's just welcome Jesus into that. Use your, use, you know, if you, if you can name the, name the place, name it. Name it to him long, so he can hear you. Everything in the kingdom operates with the mouth. Heart believe, mouth speaks. Without mouth speaking, salvation doesn't complete. So never be afraid to tell the Lord, I, am, I just need a whole overhaul. My whole body aches. But if you want to know particularly my feet and my knees and my head or something, I receive Jesus Christ, my healer. He is my dwelling place. I dwell. I bring my broken body into his wholeness, his salvation. Now, while you're there, you realize the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is living in my mortal body. I am his temple, and he gives life to it. I receive. Take a moment. What would it feel like for God to flow with his spirit into that portion, that spleen, that organ, that muscle, that ligament? Nothing but just faith. That's all it requires. I receive. I receive you, my healing, my wholeness. I receive you flooding through my body right now. I, see, I receive you making every part of me well again. I receive the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, giving life, surging life through my mortal body, my, in my blood and my immune system. I receive joy so that I'm not living under depression or discouragement or despondency. I'm living in joy, inexpressible, full of glory. I receive, I receive in Christ. It's like, I, it's like the very thing we've been all looking for has already been given to us, and we didn't know that it's accessible just simply through fellowship with the Father and with the Son. But it is. And each member, we're unique because we were not made to be like each other. We were made to be like Jesus, but we're unique in a multifaceted membered body. So we're all going to have different callings, different testings, different trials into perfection. So I receive. How about we let the Lord come to us right now and deal with mental torment? and conflicting emotions. And where do you dread? What do you wake up in the middle of the night trying to remedy that so long ago happened you can't resolve or pine away at the loss? What breaks your heart every time you remember it? In Christ, these things return. Turn to you. In Christ is deliverance. In Christ. Whoa! I have to tell you, this is Bible. We don't know why God put us where we went, are or where we've gone through, why we've gone through it. But if you will let God have access, he will one day make it a testimony that you'll be able to say to your perpetrator, what you meant was for evil, but God meant it for good. And when that hits, 
You are no longer a victim. You are the leader of, a li of, of liberty. And it's here right now. But we start, it starts here. I mean, it's been such a journey. We did a whole meeting five, seven years ago on Isaiah 35. And I was so looking forward to being on that highway. And right before we got into it, the Lord said, don't minimize anyone's sufferings. We're not minimizing. We're not trying to get out of them. We're not trying to get rid of them. Let them, let them, they're the, they're the stuff that I'm building out of. They're the ones who find grace in the wilderness. And then out of, the, out of that week of discovery, the Lord made a very simple statement over and over again. He says, your prayer is get me out of here. He says, my prayer is let me in. Let me in. Why won't you let me in? Let me in the fear. Let me in the place. And it, it just revolutionized my life again because I wasn't now trying to, to, to fix the outside. Lord, we just want to... You are the provision of everything. Salvation is in Christ, the Son. You're the healer of our bodies. And through your carrying our sickness and bearing our diseases, we have been made whole never to have to carry or bury. The same Spirit makes us alive. Those things that have been done to us that are so wrong are, are, are the, the place in which you will birth some of the greatest moves of life and liberty and forgiveness and deliverance in Christ. Now, until it changes on the outside, let it change on the inside. Let everything be everything. You're my children. You're my family. You're my marriage. You're my love. You're my healer. You're my deliverer. Seriously, beloved, I have not yet found a thing Jesus Christ will not be for me. And I don't put pressure on people as I used to because I used to think people were the problem. People are not the problem. They're just the problem that all, we, all of us are problems. We're family. No, it's not a person, and it's not even the issue that's behind the person. It's me. Where am I? Oh, Lord, come in. Oh, Jesus. Lord, I ask you, Holy Spirit, by the power of the name of Jesus Christ, that you would now come to us and begin to awaken in each of us the inheritance that God has given us in Christ, predestined before time began according to your will. I ask that where we are broken in pieces and fragmented in too many ways that we could ever regather ourselves, you would gather us into one in Christ. I ask that joy would start to flood our spirit and erupt inside our soul. You'd be all sufficient. Where our bank account is running low, that we would look and, look and gaze into your eyes and say, Oh, my Father's in my sufficiency, and in the Son all needs will be met according to the riches and glory in Christ. I receive my finances. I receive my health. Just receive. Just receive the glorious Son. Some of us have gone through so many terrible things, but we don't realize they were journey points 
God never sends us first class. He usually sends us as a slave. But once we're there and accomplish what he wants, then he can exalt us any place he likes. We worship you, Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Be that for me, what I need you to be. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you.
the eyes of our understanding, our heart being in light, we could know what is the hope of your calling in us. And what is the riches of your glory, of your inheritance in us? And what is the surpassing greatness of your power toward us who believe? According to the same power that you used, exercise in raising Jesus from the dead. And sat him at your right hand, far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And have placed all things under his feet making Jesus Christ Messiah the head of the church his body the fullness of him who fills all in all we receive your infilling us all in all Holy Spirit working Jesus provision Father's will all in all we turn away from every place that we've locked up in or been locked in and say lord here am i find me oh you're so perfect you're so good some of us already are encountering him in new ways it's so beautiful grace us as we go on may our prayer lives be transformed may you have access in every area until you access everything unto yourself glorify you we bless you we thank you we praise you father in jesus name amen amen god bless you all love you so much